Recently, Creflo Dollar, famous evangelical preacher down in Georgia, has come out and said something very, very important. He's come out and said that tithing should not be a requirement in churches. Does that mean he should give all of his money back? That means that he should give everything back to the church. All the money he took up in tithe? Let's talk about it. Welcome to the Next Evolution Podcast. First of all, I want to say thank you so much for watching our Next Evolution page. If you're listening to our podcast, this is going to be a barn burner today. Very, very important topic that I want to talk to you about today that's going to change your perspective about a lot of things. So before we go on, I want to say that here, I definitely want you to share, show some love, like our page. I want you to uh, give me thumbs up if you like the Next Evolution podcast page. Hey, it costs you nothing to show some love. Give me some likes. Give me some thumbs up. Hey, it makes the world a lot better as you transition from one stage to the next. I actually thought about calling this the next evolution church. Anyway, let's talk about this important topic. I want to start off by laying the groundwork. Religion maintains system. Grace provides freedom. It's one of the biggest topics of conversation that has gone on, not only in our community today, not only in our world today, but in a lot of different places. People are working hard, going through a lot in their life, trying to get other people's approval, right? That's one of the main issues that we're dealing with. People are trying to get other folks approval in order to please God. So let me say first and foremost that what Creflo Dollar talked about, it is not so much because of the tithing. It's because it kicks against the system. It really gets down to the nitty gritty of what I've been sharing with you through our next evolution community for a very long time. Life is changing. So are you. Religion is changing and the systems are beginning to change. The way people think about church, the way people think about God, the way people think about our of Christianity in America in particular is shifting and changing. I definitely want to talk. Let's So let's talk about that, right? The difference between religion and Christ is the difference between the church and grace, the church and Christ, right? Religion and grace. These are two different opposite things. The Old Testament was built on the concept of a law of consequence, right? When God said, uh, God told the uh, children of Israel in the book of um, the book of Genesis, right? Uh, in the book of Exodus, actually, when they went by Mount Sinai, God gave Moses the law. And the law was basically, in, es- in essence, without me getting too spiritually and too theological, if you did this, you would get this. If you did this, you get this. In other words, it was based on consequence. It was based on what you did and what you didn't do. But when Jesus Christ came, he said it's no longer based on consequence. Scripture talks about this. The Gospels talk about this for this very reason. He was crucified because he preached a law of grace, which means that you did not have to follow the law in order to be pleasing to God. Now, that's problematic for a lot of people because it really gets it it pushes against uh, a, a person having control over another person. Right. One of the biggest benefits of being part of a religious community is control. People having control over you, your thoughts, your minds, your perceptions of reality, how you live your life. Religion lives and thrives on control. Now, I want to say this about when I talk about religion, I'm talking about church. I'm using the two synonymously. Okay, I'm talking about religion and I'm talking about church. I'm comparing the two in the Old Testament um, or the Hebrew Bible. A Hebrew Bible was written to give a story in detail 
about a particular people in a particular geographical location for a particular time as they struggled in a relationship with their particular God, right? The Old Testament or the Hebrew Bible gives story and narrative about that whole experience, right? So for, for those of you who are listening to me, who are watching this page and listening to the podcast, I want you to understand something that maintaining that system, maintaining that Hebraic system, right? The Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible, the Tanakh, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible is providing context for a particular people and their relationship struggle with their God, right? That's critical for us to understand. The reason why that's critical is because it helps us to know that some things are were particular to that group of people that may not be applicable to everyone else. Now, this is critically important. And this is something that a lot of churches and a lot of Bible teachers and pastors, they don't talk about it this way. Right. They don't talk about the cultural sensitivities that that the Hebrew Bible represents. Right now, if I was to take the Hebrew Bible and kind of sum it up, I would say that the Hebrew Bible right, or the Old Testament is giving you and I a picture, a narrative of a particular people's struggle with their God deals with law and consequence. Their ability to obey the law, to disobey the law by choice, to go into subjugation and then to watch their God deliver them from that. That is the cyclical process, the Hebrew Bible story. But that's the general concept. The minor prophets, you know, the book of Amos is one, the book of Micah, right? There are many of these are called minor prophets, right? Their message basically talks about how God is going to judge his people. So it is critical for us to understand that when we look at the Hebrew Bible, we're looking at a story of a particular people struggling with their God and how God dealt with them, judged them and delivered them. The people he sent, the, the nations that they fought against. Right. It is a cultural book. So the whole concept is if you follow the law, then you will not receive the consequences of God's judgment. The New Testament is different. The New Testament, starting with the book of Matthew, ending with the book of Revelation. There's a lot in between there. But the New Testament is based on grace. Jesus provided a covenant of grace. The covenant of, of grace that Jesus provided said that you no, no longer were laid captive by the law of consequence. You've now been provided the law of grace. You can look at the gospel narratives that lay out the same picture in, in the, the gospel stories in narrative form. When Jesus was confronted by a woman who was caught in an act of adultery, at least the people who caught the lady in an act of adultery, and notice that the man is not even mentioned in the story, right? But that really doesn't matter at this point, right? No, it doesn't. Um, patriarchy, patriarchy, patriarchy. All right, move on. Okay, so the point in that story, when the woman was caught in adultery, the men who caught her said this, according to the law of Moses, she should be stoned to death for being caught in an act of adultery. And what did Jesus say? Jesus said, go and sin no more. In other words, he didn't hold her accountable to the law of consequence. Uh, another example could be of Jesus demonstrating the law of grace. He talked about this in the book of Mark. Ruler came to Jesus and said, hey, listen, I want to follow you. Jesus says, okay, great. Here's what you need to do. Sell everything you have, give it to the poor and come follow me. The man, what? Chose not to. And watch this. Jesus didn't condemn him, even though that wasn't what the story was about. But the point is still made that over and over again, Jesus was more about grace than he was about consequence. Well, how are we defining grace in this conversation is that grace is not giving you what you deserve. 
is giving you what you don't deserve. It's a gift, not of works, the Bible says. Least any man should boast in Ephesians. By grace are you saved through faith. The book of Romans talked about this and Jesus exemplified it through life and story. One of the reasons why he turned over the tables in the temple with the money changers is because they were selling alms. They were selling sacrifices. If if I approached that temple wanting to get in and worship God, but I didn't have the right sacrifice, I couldn't get in. You're keeping people from the grace of God. So I said all of that <laughs> to get to this point. Over and over again, the Bible gives us examples of how Jesus represents the law of grace versus the law of consequence. The Old Testament law of consequence, New Testament grace. So when Creflo Dollar talked about tithing, he talked about the principle under grace. You are no longer under the law, the scripture says in Romans. You are now under grace. That means there's a difference between religion and grace. The reason why, why, why do you have a lot of people out there saying, hey, I'm no longer uh, a religious, I am spiritual. All they're simply saying is that I don't want to be connected to church. I can wear this or I can't wear that or I got to vote this way. I got to listen to one of the greatest lessons we've learned from the election that we've experienced over the past couple of years or past four or five, six years is that the church was hijacked by people who want to maintain a certain way of living and a certain way of being and a certain way of thinking. And that's problematic. That's problematic because what you saw is that people were, were using religion, were using the Bible, were using religion in order to push a political viewpoint. Right. Totally against what scripture is about, totally against what Christ talked about. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. In other words, the way that I want to my realm, my my uh, my rulership is not like the world rules. Right. It's not. Hey, you know, you have to you have to do this in order to get to God. You have to purchase this in order to get to God. You have to walk, uh, wear this in order to come to get God's approval, right? That's totally contradictory and antithetical to what the gospel is all about. The gospel of Christ is all about freedom. Religion des desires to maintain a system. Here again, religion, system, grace, freedom. I like it because it opens the door for everyone. Now, that's important because grace provides freedom. Now, what a lot of people argue with when we start talking about freedom and grace is to say, like, if we don't have rules, then we have anarchy. That's what people are concerned about. People are concerned about anarchy. And what I'm suggesting to you is that that's the same argument that uh, evangelicals and people on the far right and people on the left, too. It's not about politics for me. Not even close. This is about how the gospel of Jesus Christ crosses geographical, political, ethnic boundaries. One of the sure ways to notice if your religious community or congregation is, is showing that religious, uh, building that religious wall and putting up the religious wall is to watch what people talk about when it comes to political seasons. Then that will teach you a lot, right? Dr. King says back in, in the 60s that one of the most segregated hours of the week was Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. Why? Because that's when you saw people go into their own concaves and they wouldn't associate a worship with other people. And Paul the apostle dealt with the same thing. So let's just be honest. How many of us have ever tried to earn the favor of God by keeping rules? See, that's where the rubble meets the road. You can't earn the favor of God. I would go as far as to say God's favor has already been, been, been provided for everyone. Legalism. Legalism will always lead to bondage, fear, guilt, depression, 
legalism. When I talk about grace, I'm talking about what Jesus talked about. And I'm talking about the concept of a person's having freedom of choice to follow God or not, because it really is not dependent on whether you follow God or not. It depends on what Christ has already done for the universe, for the world, for who the son has set free is free indeed. Christ has provided it's free for people indeed. And those who don't believe it, punch you in the face, punch you in the face, punch you in the face. Yeah, I'm getting a little rowdy now. I'm not even going to talk about the concept of hell because I'm not going to. (laughs) For my people, for next evolution, right? I should call this next evolution church because we're going from one stage of life to the next. That's the whole concept. Things have changed. I don't believe that anymore. I believe something quite different now. And that's okay for you to grow and change. God is big enough to handle the growth and change that you go through in your life. Ooh, right. So here's so think about this. Uh, 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 the whole constant legalism, you know, having to go to church and having to, and I'm not saying you shouldn't go to church because I think church is about community. It's not just about going to church. It's about the concept of community, but even more important than that, right? It's not a place that should hold you in bondage. Legalism holds you in bondage. Legalism holds you to guilt. Legalism holds you to fear. That's how they keep you coming by fear. If you don't come to church, then, you know, God's going to get you. Hold up. Not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is that there's two synonymous viewpoints. There, there are two parallel thoughts that I want you to think about as you think about your religious faith in the Bible. Right. The Old Testament teaching thrives on guilt, punishment and laws. If you want to understand the, the Hebrew Bible, Old Testament, think about it that way. However, however, the gospel of Jesus Christ thrives on grace and freedom. Grace is what God has given through Christ on my behalf. You can't earn it. I can't earn it. People can't earn it. God earned it. That's what makes grace magnanimous. That's what makes grace powerful. It's what makes grace what it is. It is God's free gift to whosoever wills. Let him come and receive. God does not require that I work to please. God has settled the score through Christ. Grace implies that no one needs to work for salvation. Salvation already is secured. This is the whole concept of grace. This is what makes grace grace. Grace is what God has done. It's not based on consequence. It's based on a gift. Think about this on a personal level. When you're working to receive God's approval, you're not living by grace. You're living by works. Romans eleven six says it is no longer on the basis of works, but by grace. Romans three twenty four says being justified is a gift of God's grace. John one seventeen says for by the law was the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Traditional word by the way salvation, it basically means to be whole. To be whole. The concept rarely had to do anything with salvation from death or hell. It had everything to do with the physical wholeness on the earth. The word shalom means peace, wholeness in this life on earth right now, not in the next life, but right now. And people are guilting you that, hey, if you don't go to church and you don't tithe and you, you God's going to curse you. That's not the gospel for you are under grace. You're no longer under the law. Now, some of people will criticize me of using New Age thought. They will say that, you know, he's teaching a gospel. He's teaching something that's not biblically true. It doesn't line up with uh, sound fundamentalism. 
Calvinism. It doesn't line up with uh, Lutheranism, right? Some of these doctrinal positions. I really don't care about any of that. Um, I'm pretty free. I'm pretty happy that I'm free from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I am. Why? Because I'm on the grace. When we start talking about church this way, we start talking about faith, Christian faith this way, which is how the New Testament talks about it, which is how the epistles talk about it, which is how Paul the Apostle talked about it. When we start talking about grace this way, people get afraid that you're going to push people away from church. Now, all I'm simply suggesting, right, what we're talking about is that we're talking about how religion is shifting. Or it used to be 75% of people in the United States consider themselves Christian. That's changing. You know, um, I would say because of what happened in, in a couple of elections back, right? People are starting to see that there's a difference between church and, and religion. There's a difference between following a church and following Jesus. It's a huge difference. And people are starting to realize that. Now, I've taken a very, in this conversation, I've taken a very complicated topic. So let me review for those of you who are watching. Let me, for, for those of you who are listening, let me review. Once again, when you think about the Hebrew Bible, you think about the law of consequence. When you think about the New Testament, you're talking about grace. The Hebrew law, consequence. Christ, grace. Okay. Christ frees you from, frees us from the law of consequence. Okay. Religion, it maintains systems, buildings, churches, organizations, right? Spirituality is freedom that God is in you already. Be led by that spirit. Um, the person who follows the spirit can maintain self-control for who Christ has set free is free indeed. So in other words, he, he didn't want you to focus on consequence. He wanted you to focus on living in good relationship with people around you. God is calling you to live in freedom, not in guilt. If you've been hurt by church, if you've been hurt by religious organizations, then now is your time to get free. And people who become a part of this community, this is what we're talking about. I want you to read the scripture verses that I gave you. I want you to think about freedom. Think about what it means. And then hit, send me a message. Show some love. Put some put some likes in the comment. Send me a personal message. Put, put a comment in the comment section. Like, subscribe. We're helping people move from the next evolution of their life from where they are to where they want to be spiritual. If you are living in guilt, if you are living in unforgiveness, you're not living by grace. You have to extend the same grace to others that God has extended to you, that Christ extends to you. It changes everything, y'all. So once again, thank you so much for listening. Subscribe, share, and, and keep checking us out. Keep supporting us because that helps us to continue doing what we're doing. Peace. Talk to you soon.